Hello, this is Sarah Merrick with the Church Times podcast. With me uh, today is Hugh Morris, the director of the Royal School of Church Music, the RSCM, and the presenter of York Minster, Canon Victoria Johnson, who is also the Dean-elect of St John's College, Cambridge. And Hugh and I are here in York, a few months ahead of the Church Times Festival of Faith and Music, which we're running in partnership with the RSCM. And this festival is a new venture. It fits in with our other Church Times festivals, the Festival of Faith and Literature and the Festival of Preaching. So, Hugh, if I start with you, it's great to be working with the RSCM. Can we start by talking a little bit about our vision for this event? Yes, well, it's been a really good thing to be able to work together on, isn't it? And I think we ended up having a conversation that church music is such an important asset to the church, but so often is in the background and not being sort of consciously thought about. So this is taking the chance to celebrate all that it does and can do for worship and for church communities of all kinds, really. And then it's, it's in part also about providing practical support and ideas which can be taken back into home church context. And of course, that is the idea, isn't it? You can adapt them back to what's going to work in your own context. And then so it's also about inspiration that drives that and, and, and coming and discovering that you're not alone and there are other people that are bothered by that too I think that's really important and and, and, uh, and of course it's so easy when you're in a your own local context to kind of be uh, established in a particular way of doing things and it's a chance to put lots of different ideas together um, and, and, and particularly here we're looking about how you can bring uh, musicians and clergy together because often where music is most successful in supporting the life of the church is where those different facets of the life of the church are really in, in kind of synergy. So it's a chance for them to kind of come, come along together, along with everybody else who's just interested in this whole world. Yeah, I think we're really hoping there'll be something for everybody um, in the programme, um, because it's quite a, a variety of different things we're offering, and it's very easy to feel a bit on your own, I think, as a church musician, isn't mm. it? And I should say that we're really thrilled and privileged to be working with York Minster on this, but actually, I think the core target audience for our festival isn't the sort of professional cathedral musician, um, is it? It's much more for the kind of local level. Yeah, not specifically. I think there's plenty to encourage them too, actually, when you look at it. Uh, but I think the idea that the doors are open more widely that to, to parish musicians and, and those working at a whole variety of levels, uh, and be that professional or amateur, you know, there's, it's about a, a broad range of, of sort of topics and, um, and content. And, it, and, it, and I think for clergy, it's a chance for them to engage with topics which often are quite challenging at local level, and it's hard to know, where, how do I move that forward? And, um, you know, we know that a lot of churches have challenge with, well, I would say with musical resource, but it's not that, it's, it's a lack of musical resource that's the problem. And, and how do you find the ways to make the best of what you've got? And, and in particular, look about how you can make that a tool for growth and regeneration. And of course, actually, that's what the RCM is there to do all the time. We're there, you know, our, our, our work to enable the flourishing of church music. We do that week in, week out. But, but it's a focal point, isn't it? You can bring people together and, and, and provide a bit of formative input. Great. So we've got some mix of big name speakers and some sort of practical nuts and bolts and some wonderful music. More on that in a minute. But one of our speakers is with us. Um, Vicky, thank you for joining us and thank you for your support of this venture. Since we first talked to you about it, you've been nothing but enthusiastic and we're really grateful. So can you tell us a bit about what you're planning to talk about in your session? Well, music has always been absolutely central to my life of faith. Um, it's partly why I 
became ordained. I, I grew up singing in parish choirs and chamber choirs and music has been with me throughout my whole faith journey really. As part of my own research and thinking and writing I've been reflecting quite a lot um, on speech, on song and on silence in terms of how they relate to how God communicates to us and, and how we communicate to God and to others. Um, and music for me plays a huge part in that communication. Uh, so I'm going to be reflecting on some writing that I've been doing um, about how I think about music and song in terms of faith um, and lots of different facets um, around that subject. Um, and I hope there'll be something that will interest everyone um, from you know, football chanting to um, John Cage's book on silence. So I'm, I'm hoping there'll be some aspect of song and music uh, that people can connect to. I wanted to ask you about that football crowd thing. We ran um, an extract from your new book in the Church Times recently um, where you talk about your longing for the church to sing as enthusiastically as football crowds. Um, and you describe the experience of being sort of swept up in that and how it just completely takes over you, uh, beautifully um, expressed in your book. Um, and I just wonder, I mean, you were obviously here in the Minster, you were in a very strongly liturgical tradition, but how do you think we can become freer in our, in our worship through, through music? That's such a good question. And um, that, that experience in a, in a football crowd, or indeed at any kind of sporting event, um, it, that sense of being embodied in a, in a musical way is such a powerful um, experience for, for many people. Um, I have experienced that within the context of liturgy and church. Um, big carol services, you kind of get a sense of that. Um, big civic occasions, you often get a sense of it. Um, and I think that can be so inspiring. And, and yes, I do long for the church to sing as loudly um, as football fans at a big Man United match. <laughs> um, it's, it's such a powerful witness to, to who we are and the confidence in our faith. So I think it, for me, um, song does speak about our confidence um, in Christ, really. Um, why, sh why shouldn't we sing? Um, some of the most memorable occasions here at York have been on huge festivals like Easter or Christmas when we're lucky enough to have the most amazing organ as an instrument to kind of undergird the singing and give us all some confidence um, in making music um, as a corporate body. Um, so, yeah, we should sing more. It's interesting, isn't it, though? Just, just that confidence word, I think, is really key to it because I wonder in a, on a football terrace, we know people don't, they're not worried about getting it slightly wrong. They just go for it and, no and one's actually ever told them they can't, can't sing. sing whereas yeah. so often in church yeah. and people are worried about the person in the pew yeah. in front might hear your voice it's like well actually yeah. it's so and I, I like you Vicky I've you know some of the I have encountered in church that amazing thing actually often ordination services are a place yes. that you get people that are really passionately committed and I have played the organ for some of those where actually it's been really thrilling to be able to do it but it does it require a bit of encouragement one it? of the best services here in York is Synod Sunday we call it when General Synod a, a, a large number of general singers come and join us at our normal services and the singing is phenomenal when the singing church is really on form 
it can be the most powerful and, and inspiring thing you could ever hear. Yeah, and that's great to hear something so positive about Synod because we sometimes <laughs> think that that is a less than happy experience. And I'm just interested in you talking about the, the organ. I'm sure we've all had that experience. There's something very, very physical, isn't there, about the vibrations and, and you know, the kind of... that you've the song coming up through through the floor almost or through you know through your body you may know that the organ at york minster was renovated and refurbished in a quite a major way and we rededicated that organ in 2021 um, in a special service it was very moving and very powerful the the first time i heard that new instrument it was exactly that it was actually physically moving Um, and i felt myself welling up actually because it was so powerful um and i just those little kind of snippets into how music and sound um can really shape and enhance our faith it is partly what inspired me to write the book that's fascinating i had a a a different experience i remember in the summer of 2021 it was a wedding in fact full disclosure it was my son's wedding and it was the first um weekend after all the restrictions had finally lifted and there'd been all this question mark about whether they could have the wedding they wanted. You'll remember how tricky that all was. But there was this moment where suddenly you have a church full of people singing. And it was so moving because it was, you know, people felt, I personally, I'm sure you did too, felt the lack of singing during the pandemic. It felt like a cruel deprivation. But suddenly there was this, I mean, it was a joyful occasion anyway, but this this church full of people, just, just, a, just a wedding, but people singing their hearts out. And it was just... Profoundly moving. Yeah, and to capture that joy is important, I think, because, you know, I'm not sure we live in a very joyful world at the moment. And, and we can express so many emotions in music. Well, we don't live in a very joyful world, do we? But And, and the church itself is not full of joy a lot of the time, mm. because it, it seems that there are so many other sort of, as you say, the sort of, as you say, sort of synod, maybe not always the most positive thing. And there are a few sort of challenges for the in, in church dialogue, but, but there are so many things that you can latch onto and make it positive. And music surely is one of the big tools for that. Because you can cover the whole gamut of emotions. So come to our, our festival. Yes, and, and yes, let's talk about that tomorrow. Yeah, yes. But actually, in complete contrast, I was really interested, Vicky, the subtitle of your book, let me get it right, I think it's Speech, Song, Silence, Human and Divine. And um, I was thinking about those those quotes, I think, it's, is it Debussy? And I think Mozart says something similar about music being the silence between the notes. And I wondered... Was that what you were thinking about when you chose that subtitle or was it more about contemplative prayerful silence? I wonder why you felt it important to have the word silence in your subtitle. Well, any musician knows that a key to any musical piece are the rests and the breaths and the the kind of moments when you uh, make silence in order to make the music. So I think my idea of talking about silence in this context was... um, born of music um but of course what i've come to in my own thinking in this is that um silence is always leading us somewhere um and whether you're praying in silence or taking a breath in a rest in a piece of music um the silence is kind of prefigurative um and like a prelude to something else um and theologically um i think that 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 too so you know if you think about um creation that there was a kind of silence before sound in terms of um pieces of music i became slightly obsessed with um john cage's silence um and that piece four minute four minutes 33 
And because, of course, where, if you take that piece of work seriously, it's not silent at all. Mm-hmm. There's the sound of someone breathing. There's the sound of someone um, kind of fidgeting. There's the sound of someone preparing um, themselves for something else. So um, in terms of music and sound, um, silence had to play a part in that. Mm-hmm. Um, and how we speak, um, some of the most powerful sermons I've heard powerful simply because the preacher might take a breath and pause before their next um, word or phrase Um, and in music we think of cadences and rests and pauses Um, so silence had to figure in my thinking and silence isn't the same as absence is it precisely precisely Um, and I think there's something about holding silence there's something about um, how silence can be difficult because it's holding difficult things in a space. Um, but I think theologically, I always want to say that silence leads somewhere. Um, and because of my own faith, I think silence leads ultimately to song. Thank you. Um, now, you're also taking part in a panel on the Saturday morning where we've brought together talented musicians representing quite a range of church traditions to talk about what makes good worship and I'm wondering what what you think your contribution will be to that and what are you hoping to hear from the others? Well I think my contribution comes from probably experience. Um, My work here at York Minster has been really um, shaping and holding the worshipping life here for um, four years Um, so I've got lots of reflections on what makes good worship. I think For me, good worship is often made by the intention, both of those who are creating it and those who are coming to participate in it, um, that we enter into worship with um, a heart ready for it um, and a curiosity about what we might learn. We enter into worship in a spirit of prayer. Uh, We enter into worship hoping that we might encounter God. So I think um, the way all of us reflect on how we enter into worship, whether as musicians or clergy or worship leaders, um, is really key. I think the the kind of intention, the basis for which we do this is really important to reflect on. Thank you. I think it'll be a very rich session. Hugh, we ought to touch on some of the other things that we've got in the programme. I'm really pleased that we've got the Archbishop of York as our keynote speaker on the Saturday morning. He's called his session Tuning Forks and Orchestras music and the mission of God. Um, He's an inspiring speaker and he's bound to be brilliant. Um, And we've also got two um, big name professional singers. I'm really excited. We've got James Gilchrist, the tenor, and Andrea Haynes, the soprano, from Voce's Eight. People will know her from there, perhaps. Both of whom grew up in the RSCM choral tradition. Uh, They're going to be talking a bit about that, how their experience of choristers in a parish choir led them really to their professional careers and they're also going to be singing for us which is wonderful and I just wondered it's really difficult to do this but could you pick out a couple of other sessions that you're particularly looking forward to is that unfair to us? It's a bit hard isn't it? I'm looking forward to all of it of course and and it's a bit like that point you know if you do a thank you speech and start listing off individuals and then then you start risking offending somebody because you didn't individually thank them but but I think the programme's pretty wide-ranging and and, you know and there's lots for everybody in it. Um, I suppose I, I actually am I'm really particularly looking forward to you know, the, the, this discussion about growing the church younger through um, through music and, and about the setting up of lots of uh, junior singing groups and things and we've got some sort of regional musicians coming to be part of that and I think it's a, a really pertinent topic at the moment that's got a lot of traction 
and at the other end of the spectrum, I think there's about yeah, the sort of the, the sort of conversations around the session of music dementia. I think is really interesting uh, as an example where it's music has such a power in other ways and about the way that you can support the church's ministry to those with dementia because of course that's a live issue too and as, and, and, and as society ages and it becomes ever more of a, of a sort of thing about the role that, that music and memory of um, church music and hymns has a formative part of that I think so th there's loads of different things of different kinds aren't there so yeah my problem will be that I can't go to all of it I know it's so frustrating isn't yeah. it um, and we should add, of course, all of this is happening right in the centre of York and we will be um, being made very welcome at the Minster for worship, um, which will be wonderful, um, particularly for those of us who normally worship in a much smaller context to come to, um, to the Minster and, and be part of that will be something yeah, very special. I know, I'm brilliant. really looking forward to that. Um, and also, there will be a chance for some singing, because you're going to lead a session on the Saturday morning, aren't you? Yeah, start the day with a song. I mean, yeah. you know, what's not good to do about that? The chance to sort of raise your own voice in, in the Minster. Um, you're saying with confidence, you know, but it's, essentially it's the Minster in closed doors before the visitors come in. So we can rejoice in that chance to sing some uplifting choral music. Um, you know, I think we were talking earlier that it's probably got to include a bit of Stanford. This is a Stanford anniversary year, so, that, so we can sing it loud, sing it with an amazing organ roaring away. And... Um, What's not to like, really, yeah. Fantastic. Um, Hugh and Vicky, thank you very much. Just to say, if you haven't already booked your tickets, the dates are the 26th to the 28th of April, and have a look at our website, faithandmusic.hymnsam.co.uk, and we look forward to seeing you there and welcoming you in April. Thank you. Thank you for listening to this week's episode of the Church Times podcast. You can find more news, analysis, comment and book reviews on our website, churchtimes.co.uk. If you are not yet a subscriber to the Church Times, you can try your first 10 issues for just £10. You'll get the paper delivered to your door every Friday, plus full access to our website and digital archive. Go to churchtimes.co.uk forward slash subscribe to find out more.